Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We would like to acknowledge that this podcast is recorded on Aboriginal land and recognize the strength, resilience, and capacity of the Turrbal and Yagara people in this land. Hey, Taylor. Hey, Mel. <laughs> Question for you. Yes. Why did the poor dog chase his tail? Why? To make ends meet. <laughs> uh, I feel like I've read that one before. But I think so too, but I love it a lot. <laughs> it's a good one. It's a good one. Welcome back. Book, 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 hello. hello. <laughs> Welcome back to the Floofing Papa podcast. I'm Taylor. And I am Mel. Here we are back again to dogs. talk about dogs. Oh, I got you. <laughs> said it before you said it. Uh, dogs. I really like yelling. Yeah, it's fun. No one knows this about me. <laughs> I have in my hot little hand, but not really because it's on a laptop. Ten of the most heartwarming dog stories from history. Oh, I'm so excited. There have been dogs <gasps> throughout history that have fought in wars and across continents, been explorers, shot bravery that would be impressive if demonstrated <laughs> by human. <laughs> There's exceptional canines are guaranteed to melt hearts. Of even the staunchest cat lover. Oh. <laughs> well, okay. Have you heard of Swansea Jack? I don't think so. I don't think we've talked about him. Mm. But he's cute as hell. Go on then. Swansea Jack was a black retriever. Not a gold retriever. A, a black. black retriever. Who lived with his owner, William Thomas, near the river Tor. Torway. I don't know. Tor. Sure. In Swansea, Wales during the 1930s. One day, Jack saw a small boy drowning in the river. And ran in, pulling the boy to the shore by the scruff of his neck. Oh. And there was no one around to see it. And had circumstances been different, the boy would have probably spent the rest of his life telling the story to people who would never believe him. But Jack wasn't done. Oh, oh. He's not done. Within a few yeah, weeks, done. Jack rescued another swimmer, this time with witnesses in attendance. And then another, and another, and so on. Over the course of the next decade, Jack was reported to have saved at least 27 people. Holy from moly. Presumably the most dangerous river and docks in Wales. That's amazing. Yep. Why was he dead? Who's, who's, who's swimming that? in this river? Right. Get out the river. And whose dog is that? Why was that dog there? Just it's William's people. dog. I already told you that. William Thomas. Yeah, but like, why is he just hanging around the river all the know, time? Just, same people. Just going, for, just going for a little stroll and then, ugh, not again. <laughs> yeah. That's his life. That's amazing. Yeah. So for his efforts over the course of his lifetime, Jack was given a silver collar by Swansea Council, Aww, the cute. Bravest Dog of the Year Award, Aww. a silver cup from the Mayor of London, and his very own statue. I hope he drinks water out of that cup. Me too. Well, it's 1930, <laughs> so he's almost certainly dead. But oh, oh. I hope he did. Yes. <laughs> That's more accolades than your average Batman. Random sentence, <laughs> but thanks. That's a really good sentence. <laughs> and he's still recognized today. He was probably, but not certainly, mm. the inspiration for the nickname of the Premier League football team Swansea FC, the Swansea Jacks. No way. Apparently. No way. Probably. I heard of that. Can't confirm, but probably. (laughs) 
Have you heard of Bob the Railway Dog? No, but I must. <laughs> I don't know if this is him, but this is B- the photo they provided. B-O-B the Railway Dog. He's cute. He's a Westie? Uh, we're going to find out. <laughs> oh, we may not find out. Okay, Bob was born in South Australia in 1882. And for some reason, he loved trains. He spent the early years (laughs) of his life as a stray, following railway workers to work until he was rounded up by a dog catcher. Oh, no. It looked as if he was destined for the pound, but luckily for Bob, he was bought by a kindly station guard who'd taken a liking to him. That's lucky. It worked out well, as his new master allowed him to ride the train with him in the guard's van every day. But eventually, his master got a promotion, and he and Bob parted ways. (laughs) Oh, dang. Can you imagine if you got Bye. a promotion at work and you're like, I'm sorry, I'm too important for you now. Bye. <laughs> sorry, dog. You stay with the working class. Stay with the poor people. It's funny. Good grief. Uh, then Bob started to jump trains alone. Oh, my goodness. Bob travelled up and down South Australia, becoming a familiar and welcome sight on trains across mm, the land. Sometimes so when Bob felt that he needed some privacy. <laughs> 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 he chose an empty carriage and scared away any passengers who tried to sit in it by barking like crazy. Oh, goodness. At least I'm going to try boundaries. that on the train. Next time I'm on the train, I'm just going to be like, burp, 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 and just see if people leave the carriage. 100% that will work. <laughs> the station masters and guards all knew him by name, so they left him to his own devices. At night, he followed the engine driver home for a warm meal and a soft place to sleep, Aww. then returned to the train the next morning. Ow. For most of his life, Bob went where he pleased and his fame grew, so did his... And as his fame grew, so did his reception when he rode into town. He was allowed to attend banquets as a guest of honour. He was given a special bracelet with his name on it. <laughs> Wait, where do you put a bracelet on a dog? <laughs> do you put, do you it, put it around the neck or the Surely. foot? <laughs> Surely you can't put it on the foot. With an engraving telling anyone to read it to let him go where he wanted. And when he was seen riding on trains by local children, they ran after him as if he were the Pope. <laughs> You come back here, Paul. So many good references oh, in this. It's very good. Uh, Bob had many adventures in his short life and died the most famous dog in Australian history. Wow. Interesting, because oh, I've never heard of him, I, but yeah. thanks. <laughs> I think I think uh, Red Dog is now the most famous. I think, yeah, I think Red Dog's probably surpassed him. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, Bob. Um, I'm trying to just make sure there's Oh, oh sounds like a good one. Yep. Okay. Last one. <laughs> I'll do one more. Yeah. There's 10, but I, I won't read all 10. We'll save them. It's generally believed that Oni's original owner was a mail clerk because just as Bob the Railway Dog was obsessed with trains, Oni loved the scent and texture of mailbags and followed them by land, train or boat wherever they went. Oh my goodness, what? Imagine a dog getting on your boat being like, I need to sniff the mailbags. I need the mailbag. (laughs) (laughs) When Oni's owner left for whatever reason, he's not a very good... (laughs) Oh, bye. (laughs) But you called me Oni. Oni stayed behind at the post office with his precious mail bags. After a while, Oni began to follow the bags, first in mail wagons and then on mail trains. He started to rack up miles, traveling through the country, then the state, and then finally the whole United States. What? What? Mail clerks were happy to let him do this because they realized that no train Oni traveled on ever crashed, making Oni a good luck talisman. Oh. Mm. Yeah, causation. Ow. Sure. 
So they started to give him little trinkets and medals to attach to his collar to represent everywhere he'd been. Oh. When he travelled so much that they no longer fit in his collar, he got a little jacket instead. Stop. That's so cute. <laughs> As part of a publicity stunt, he travelled around the world on a 120-day-long Jules Verne-style trip aboard oh an goodness. ocean liner. Oh, my goodness. In this way, he travelled across America, Europe, and Asia, and all the way back. And just in case you don't feel totally inadequate by this what the heck and just in case you don't feel totally inadequate in the face of this small dog's achievements Rude. he also had his own postage stamp oh that is so oh, cute once again i don't think this is him but how cute is this photo oh that is a really cute photo. he's in a mailbox it looks like a little oh <laughs> yeah you whack that laptop huh. <laughs> looks like a little buddy in a little he's a little buddy in a mailbox eating a letter he's like honk chomp <laughs> this so you want letter. your mail can't have it <laughs> So cute. Do you feel wholesomely fulfilled? Really? My wholesome heart is very full. I think a couple of these we've like, we've read before, which is why I was trying to pick new ones. Right. There's a few on like the ones that travel across the winter and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Love those. That'll, that'll, that should be a little heartwarming nugget for today. Such a good nugget. (laughs) Nuggets. Theme of 2020. Nuggets. Nuggets. So, uh, I got a cute little nugget for you. Yes. It is the wirehead pointing griffin. What? Uh, not a griffin, is a dog. Head or head? <laughs> Wirehaired. Oh my God. Like my laptop hair. definitely heard you say that and then just found it. Don't like that. That's like terrifying. That. Like that. Laptop oh! Siri stuff. Oh my God. It's they're so cute. They're so cute. Look they at his face. Beards. He looks like an old man. Yeah, they have beards and they're very He's like, precious. Oh, I'll read your story. So if you know the um, English short head pointer, it's got a very distinct uh, coat pattern, which is like gray with brown spots and like some kind of like freckly bits. So kind yep. of imagine that coloring on your grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> I swear he looks like a little grandpa. He looks like he's going to like ask you onto his knee and tell you some tales. He's so sweet. So cute. Uh, now also, I assume there's lady versions, but I keep referring to only male. Oh, uh, well. When you talk about a doggo and you say he, you mean all doggos. Them's. Them's. <laughs> Them's the doggos. Uh, yeah. So the wirehead pointing griffin is a friendly, devoted, and trainable breed uh, trainable. that ranks 65 of 195 on the AKC breed popularity oh, list. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah. That's top half. Um, but as far as I'm aware, they're quite rare. Yeah. I'm not surprised. Yeah. Uh, they live about 12 to 15 years and they're part of the sporting group. Oh, that's a long time. Yeah, that is a good that's long a good life. lifespan. Well, because they're quite, Aww. they're still, they're smallish. I think they're a medium breed. I can't see it anywhere. But all of, they, the, all of the coloring sound like cocktails. There's like white and chocolate, gray and tan, orange and white, gray and brown, <laughs> chestnut. <laughs> I'm just like, Yum. I want a cocktail of a him. A tasty, tasty griffin breed. Um, I just love that he's called a griffin. Uh, Is that from the location? Do you know? I was just about to look it up. For Dutch ancestry? The AKC history. Mm-hmm. We have a quick little recap of, in the 1800s, sportsmen of continental Europe were obsessed with breeding, hunting dogs of great versatility. You ever Among just go them, to continental Europe? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Among them was a Dutchman, Edward Corthels, or, you know, some proper pronunciation. Son, <laughs> <laughs> something accurate. Son of a well-to-do banker, 
Through judicious crosses of several breeds, which I imagine would maybe include the English Shorthead Pointer. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, uh, Edward developed a dog that could work as a pointer on dry land and as an excellent water retriever, complete with webbed toes for swimming. That's advanced. Yeah. Edward refined his breed while working in Germany and finally in France. Oh, and finally in France. That's a full stop. (laughs) (laughs) You guys, I need to get my eyes checked. (laughs) I think you really do. Yeah, it's getting We were driving here and you were like, I can't see that. And I was like, oh, good. Yeah. (laughs) Since Edward's time, partisans, 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 have, mm, I think you can pronounce it either way, but okay. that's probably a correct. Have argued either. whether griffs, which is a really cute shortened way to griffs. Uh, name this breed, uh, are properly a Dutch or French breed. So they can't decide between whether they're Dutch or French because the guy is Dutch, but it was refined in France. Yeah, so it's a bit of a mixture. Um, his his dream was to create the ideal versatile gun dog with extreme resiliency, vigor, and devotion to its master. Vigor. Um, that would have to work close with its master and be open to training. So mm-hmm. he started breeding. So this very guy. purposely bred. Yeah, yeah really yeah. specific. So this guy Edward started breeding the line in 1874. <laughs> he began the breeding line with Moosh. I beg your pardon. I think that's the name of the dog. Oh, Moosh. Can we get a dog called Moosh? It's a good name. That's such a cute. You could call him Mushu Pork for long. Mushu Pork. That's a cute name. Yeah. Mush. Mush. What's the name of the dragon in Milan? Mushu. It is Mushu? Yeah. yeah. Um, so Mush was the foundation <laughs> female dog. Say Mush again. Mush. <laughs> it's such a good word. What a great name. Um, and then over the years, he kept refining. As I said before, I think the last one I can see is 1901. Oh, really? But the American Kennel Club's first registered... Oh, Corthal's Griffins, um, because that was his last name, but they were later called the Wirehead Pointing Griffin in the USA, uh, was Zolette, who was entered in the stud book. Zolette? Zolette. He has great names. That's like a fancy Zola. <gasps> like Zolette. if Zola had a baby girl, it would be Zolette. Zolette. Oh, you that's Zolette. so cute. Um, I love that. So, Zolette was entered into the stud book in 1887. Um, Remember 1887? And then finally, yeah. What a year. What a a wild time. Um, It was finally in 1916 that the breed was officially recognized as the wirehead pointing griffin in the United States. And then they started popping up in dog shows and, you know, that kind of thing. There you go. Um, They're super cute. A long, very specific history. Zolette. I couldn't get Zolette. Mush and Zolette. Um, what a great TV show. Mush and Zolette. Mush and Zolette. Zolette. <gasps> or a kid's book. A really cute. Mush and Zolette. Yes. Mush and Zolette go to the park. Yes. Done. Oh, cute. Copyright. <laughs> no one take it. Uh, so Griff's are medium-sized all-purpose gun dogs standing no higher than 24 itches. I- 24 little <laughs> scratches. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, inches at the shoulder. They're known for an extremely harsh and bristly coat that gives them a natural, unkept appearance. So I assume that helps with being uh, waterproofed. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Water dogs. Wet their digs. The preferred colour is steel grey with brown markings, like a English, an English short-haired pointer. Yeah. Uh, a lavish moustache and eyebrows <laughs> frame large, rounded eyes. So let's look at your moustache. <laughs> that gleam with a keen intelligence. 
Griffs are the very picture of an honest, hard-working sporting dog whose handsome looks are the result of a noble and unaffected ruggedness rather than fussy grooming. I always wanted a mustache and I really appreciate that female dogs get to have one. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I'm like, you go, girl. Yeah. You get that mustache. Is Live your best mustache cute. life. Yeah, right? Um, so because their coat is fairly... It's got it's got a harsh outer coat with a soft insulating undercoat. Mm-hmm. Uh, it generally requires weekly brushing. Yeah, uh, makes sense. But it's not it's not really shedding. It's seasonal shedding, um, and it's just weekly brushing. Like there's no specific uh, cuts or anything that the coat has to be at. Oh, uh, that's good. Yeah, for it to be comfortable. Uh, they're super social, um, and they require a great deal of attention, consistent training, time, and Give patience. Me attention. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Uh, Griffins do not make good full-time kennel dogs. Oh. Not good for apartment living. Okay. They are especially active as puppies and are very intelligent, social, and physically powerful as adults. They require considerable mental and physical challenges on a daily basis, or they can become bored, unhappy, and or destructive. Um, So they're kind of your classic working breed. They need lots of stimulation, lots of exercise, attention. So really a a big companion dog if you want to do lots of exercise have someone to play yeah. with have someone to hang out with when you exactly get home. the ideal griffin household is one in which the people are active and include the dog in their daily routine nice they perfect go. perfect um a griffin whose mental emotional and physical needs are met on a daily basis can be an exceptionally pleasant and easy to live with companion exceptionally pleasant exceptionally pleasant oh i wish i was exceptionally pleasant <laughs> you are no, I'm not. i refuse to believe otherwise incorrect <laughs> Um, so they have really high energy level and need lots of activity. Give me some activeness. Um, and they're very trainable, very agreeable, and have quite an alert and responsive uh, demeanor. The word agreeable just always makes me think, especially like with dogs, that they just sit there and they're like, yes, yes, I agree with you. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> they just support you. In. They just support you. Like they're not just, oh, just that's what makes me think of. Um, what do they do? I was going to look up what they, what kind of training uh, so they were they were gun dogs, so they excel in hunting birds and furred game. But yep. I don't know how much we support that these days. Although I saw people well, are still hunting foxes, and I don't know if that's okay. It depends, I guess, on whether they're overpopulated in the area. Yeah, and pests. Yeah. Classified as pests. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like you know, like a lot of um, a lot of the time we shoot a lot of kangaroos because there's too many. That's true. <laughs> so, yeah, can you imagine a Just dog culling. that hunts kangaroos. It'd be like that'd be like a monster <laughs> dog. It'd be like a mastiff, <laughs> but like as quick as a uh, like a kelpie. Anyway, <laughs> um, we shall braid it and take over the world. So if you are if you are looking for a hunting companion, early introduction to game birds and exposure to hunting conditions will bring out the best in him. Uh, local bring AKC pointing me. breed clubs, as well bring as North American versatile hunting dog association chapters can help owners maximize the griffin's hunting potential with expert training advice for hunting all kinds of game birds in uh in the u.s where the akc is yeah uh positive and consistent training is best for the griffin as with most dogs um and they're quite they're quite healthy that's good um you get recommended health tests for uh (laughs) elbow evaluation which is cute i guess their elbow elbow. yeah their little elbow joints uh need to be evaluated every now and then and hips but that's kind of like Checks your out. regular dog stuff. Um, dog stuff. It's actually the 38th breed for the AKC. Really? Yeah. That's quite early. Isn't that interesting? 
Because AKC is quite fussy with letting in breeds. Oh, yeah. So that's sure. pretty impressive that number 38, that's quite early on, really. Yeah. Because a lot, like, like I was saying breed. last week with the French Mastiff, they've been around since the 1800s, but they didn't get accepted till 2001. Yeah. So. Ages. Ages. Yeah. Um, Very nice. Some other cute little facts are just. Interestingly, the concept of the wirehead pointing griffin emerged after Mendel's experiments on inheritance were published in the late 19th century, a period of biological awakening. He was a little science experiment. <laughs> <laughs> the breed, I mean. Aren't we all? And it is particularly adapted for swampy country where its harsh coat provides excellent protection. Yeah, but just be in a swampy country. Yeah. And like, oh, damn. And when you country. do, have a, have a wirehead pointing griffin. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. He's cute as heck. Really cute. Do um, recommend a Google search on that one. Yeah, quite rare. So if you have one, let us know. We'd be really interested in seeing how he live. How he do. How he do. How he doing. How he doing. <laughs> You know what's probably unlikely? What? With, <laughs> this segue though. And unlikely <laughs> with a, a wirehead pointer griffin. What's that? Overweightness. Oh. They're quite trim, aren't they? Yes, they They're are quite pretty trim. trim. So what do we so do? So what do we want to talk about? This Some might regard this as a, a sensitive issue, <laughs> but I want to talk about how to deal with an overweight dog. Yeah. I'm going to preface this by saying probably don't make this decision yourself if you're concerned that your dog is overweight go to the vet yeah and just get them checked out and just say look my dog's putting on a little bit more weight than usual are they still healthy or are there some things i can do and if your vet comes back and says yes you know what i think they have put on a little extra weight which happens dogs Mm. can get quite overweight especially as they get older as well yes Mm. and if your new year's resolution is how to you know maybe get in shape a little bit better here's how you can help your dog get in shape too so once again check with your vet i don't want you doing this with your dog if you're like oh no they're getting pudgy like no we don't need no fat phobia in the dog community we have enough of that heck in human society so um, obviously, I'd like you to do a lot of research, check with your vet, mm. make some choices. Also, research your breed. Some yeah. breeds will just naturally put on a bit of more weight than other breeds. You see a lot of older labs that are just like... Absolutely. Mm. Um, but yes, if you're getting to a point where you're concerned or if you're noticing your pet's walking a little bit slower, maybe there's a bit more strain on their legs, yeah. um, maybe some things to consider. So here are some do's and don'ts. Firstly, get your dog weighed regularly. So allowing your dog to become overweight can increase the pet's risk of developing serious life-limiting conditions such as heart disease, diabetes, high blood pressure, and arthritis. So being overweight also makes them breathing more difficult and moving around more difficult so especially if you're taking your dog for walks every day yeah and you're starting to notice it's getting a bit more labored for them maybe maybe they're walking a little bit differently that's something you can check out because um it might the extra weight might be putting a bit of strain on them yeah so you want to learn what a healthy dog looks like so vets use a system called body conditioning which looks at your dog from the side and from above to check its shape Oh yeah, yes. I've experienced that. So have you seen those posters at the vet? And they, you know, they—it's not just like um, they don't just weigh the dog, yeah. but you can see the posters that have like the shape and like yeah, the size yeah. of the dog. That's 
I guess that would be to do with body conditioning. So yeah. you should be able to feel your dog's rib spine and hip bones and clearly see the waist, which is the area between the ribs and the hips where the body should go in. Right. So you want to keep checking your dog's shape once a month and watch out for other signs of weight gain, such as a rounder face or a thicker neck. So if you're getting to the point where you can't quite find those <laughs> those like little landmarks bony, anymore. That's what they're called, bony landmarks. Bony landmarks. Mm. If you're not quite finding those might be time to consider have they put on yeah. extra weight so consider a change of diet if your pet is overweight or is becoming less mobile and this is not to do with age obviously with age pets slow down yes. a little bit if you know especially if you have you know a younger puppy or a, a little dog that's getting less mobile mm-hmm. um a light dog food may be more appropriate mm-hmm. so these diets usually contain high quality lean protein and extra fiber but mm-hmm. less fat fewer calories yeah you might have the opposite problem. My friend has a cat mm. that she literally cannot get desexed because she's too little. Yeah, she needs she's, to gain weight. She needs to gain weight and yeah. we're having so much trouble putting weight on her. Mm. So in some cases, the fatty foods and the, ex- the higher calorie foods are better f- because yeah. your animal might have trouble putting on weight or yeah, keeping yeah. on weight. So um, just have a look at what, what you're feeding them and mm. whether it's a high calorie, low calorie, mm-hmm. how much protein carbs as well between wet food and dry food yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. and have a look at those combinations you might find that maybe they can do some more dry food and that will suit them better than having you know two wet meals a day perhaps maybe that's too much or the opposite maybe you need to feed them more Mm. wet food and and yeah so oh speaking of which switch Mm -hmm. to two small meals a day Mm. so smaller meals serve more often um can improve your dog's digestion make them feel fuller for longer and reduce your pet's desire for treats between meals so avoid serving the second meal too late this is all very similar to humans yeah yeah so um fewer calories are burned while your dog sleeps so ideally you want to feed them let them burn off the calories Mm. and then go about their day or feed them early 6 p.m. They still have the evening to play, run around, yeah. and then they go to sleep. So they're not burning calories while they sleep. As yeah, much. yeah. Using interactive feeding toys, we've talked about the lot yeah. of those on here, um, is another way of making mealtimes more interesting and it can help your pet use up more energy too. Yeah. Um, understanding portion control is key to a healthy weight. So check the packaging of your dog's food and carefully measure out or weigh, if mm. it says to weigh, mm. the appropriate portion for your pet size and weight. So if you're serving two meals a day, make sure you're dividing the whole day's allowance in half. Yes. I feel like a really common mistake is that people see how much they should give the dog and then do it twice a day. Yeah. They I think don't that's what it. I used to do for my cat. Yeah. Way back when she first started getting a bit chonky. Bit chonky. <laughs> bit chonky is I didn't realize that, of course, of course you need to split up split the daily in intake yeah. because it's the daily I, intake. I wouldn't, I, honestly, without someone mentioning it, I wouldn't have thought that either. Yeah. I would have been like, oh, you feed them twice a day and this is how much you feed them. Yeah, Done. exactly. So yeah, if, if yeah. this is how much they're serving, you need to split it in half or if you're splitting it into multiple meals, you need to split that daily allowance. I know what a lot of people do is they'll get something like a jar um, and they'll they'll know that's the full capacity of the the food for the day. Yeah. So they put that much food in their day and then throughout the day they'll they'll distribute it. Yeah. How use they like. treats, so they use yeah. yeah. Treats or if they're going on walks they'll take a portion yeah. or maybe they'll give them a bigger meal later, but then they know that no matter what happens that's the amount of food. Yeah. And that's the day's food. You don't give them more or less than that. Great idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um so make sure you're dividing in half, resist the temptation to free feed dry food as in Take it, pour it, that'll oh, do. Yeah. Um, and remove any uneaten food after half an hour. Interesting. Ah, uh, yeah. Hmm. 
So that might be making them full, but you might have a, a pet that's really food orientated. Maybe they like to graze. Yeah. So if they're not, you know, um, if they're done, take it away. Same yeah. with kids. You wouldn't leave it there for them to, well, some people do, but Plus, you don't want to leave food. it there for them to keep eating. You can save it. Totally. Yeah. Um, in multi-pet households, some pets can secretly overeat. I know my friend has a problem with this and her cats. Oh no. The one eats the other's food. Oh no. <laughs> so you can limit food stealing by feeding pets separately, supervising meal times, which can be really important, and keeping mm. pet food out of reach. So not putting the bowls next to each other, mm-hmm. not giving them free reign, mm-hmm. feed them separate, supervise, make sure one's not trotting over to the other one's bowl. That's a really good thing yeah. to do. So here are our don'ts. Don't be unrealistic about your pet's achievements. So don't um, expect your dog to lose lots of weight too quickly. Mm. Dietary changes need to happen gradually over a period of a week to 10 days at least. Mm. Yeah. So your vet can help you set some realistic goals. We definitely don't want to be saying, okay, well, in two days, you need to drop two kilos. Because that's... Not a thing. That's just not how bodies work generally. We want to avoid walks in bad weather. So large active breeds need up to two hours of daily exercise and most dogs will benefit from an hour every day. So go on several short walks in chilly weather. So again, for our American friends or Northern Hemisphere friends, this Mm -hmm. might be relevant to you. We have quite hot days. Mm -hmm. But if you can separate your short walks in the chilly weather rather than one long one and try and vary your route, that's going to help. Playing indoors is another option too. Try a simple obstacle course or play fetch on the stairs so they're running up and down. There's lots of options there. Be safe though. (laughs) Don't be over generous with treats. So Mm. food treats and this is where my mom gets in trouble with Zola food treats should be considered part of your dog's daily food allowance yes so if you're giving them that dry food like we talked about you need to factor in any treats that you plan on giving them Mm. and take that out of the dry food allowance so they can include low calorie snacks such as small pieces of carrot or cucumber Mm -hmm. um don't always rely on food treats either attention can also be a good reward um, other cute little treats that I just saw recently. Um, I haven't checked this, but I know that Ariana Grande eats seaweed, like dry seaweed with her dog. <laughs> just like amazing, low, low calorie treats. A snacks. one for me, a one for you. Yeah, that's really cute. Get creative. That's, that's is seaweed okay for dogs? Must be. Apparently, I can't imagine she's feeding poisonous seaweed to her dogs. Yeah, but. and then posting it to millions of people and to, yeah, to criticize. Her. Yeah, <laughs> that's so cute. Mm. Um. There you go. Grab some some seaweeds, nothing. I can't imagine Zola eating seaweed though. She'd never go for it. Um, Make sure you're not feeding your dog leftovers from the table. So human food contains too much salt, too much fat, too much sugar, Mm. and also equals extra calories that your dog doesn't need. Again, remember if you're portioning out that food, but you're planning on giving them half your dinner, that's adding to their weight every day. Mm. So make sure everyone in the house is following this rule. Yeah, it very doesn't count important. if you are feeding your dog and making sure they're being healthy, and then your kid is sneaking them vegetables under the table. So yeah, be careful. Cheeky. Don't forget to serve plenty of fresh water. So don't forget hydration is key. Your dog could be feeling thirsty rather than hungry, but maybe you know they they go to the food before the water. Make sure yeah. there's plenty of water. Yeah. Make sure it's nice and fresh. Don't you know? I hate when you see really stale dog water. You know, it's you can see it's been sitting oh, there a few days. Yeah. It's got something in it. Like yeah. it's like slightly yellow, slightly slimy. Yeah. Just it takes two seconds to yeah. empty it out, refill it. Make sure they have nice, happy, fresh water. Oh, happy, happy, fresh, fresh water. water. <laughs> All righty. So that's it. That's basically how to deal. Once again, I'm going to say it for the people in the back. Check with your vet first. Yes. Don't start cutting down your dog's options if you're suspecting they might be fat. 
do those tests, have a look at them, check out details on their breed online and go visit your veterinarian to make sure you're doing the right thing for them. We don't want you making your dog skinny for absolutely no reason. No. Remember age is a factor. Remember the breed is a factor. Remember all kinds of things can affect your dog, whether they're desexed or not can also play a part. Mm. So um, it's really personal to your dog's health. So make sure you go and get that checked um, before trying any of these tips here. Hot tips. Hot tips. Hot Coming tips in. for hot dogs. Oh, hot. Oh, now I want a hot dog. Not really. Oh, I'd take a New York hot dog. I hate hot dogs here, but I'd take a New York one. Did you have a like New York a hot dogs? Not even a Bunnings. No, that's a that's a sausage. That's a sausage in bread. Oh, sure. I'm talking about a hot dog. Yeah, I love an American hot dog. I love an American hot yeah. dog, like a dollar mustard and ketchup. Love an American dog. Love, love an American dog. Dogs on you the love streets to see of America. It. Or anywhere. <laughs> you know what else you love to see is our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Nice. It's at F-L-O-O-F and P-U-P-P-E-R. You can search us. You'll find us. We're posting doggos on the reg. On Check the out reg. our Facebook because we often share really cute stories. That's gifts. our main point of call. Yeah. yeah. Facebook's got the got the goods. Um, yeah. I'm working on the Instagram, but it's really easy to share the cute stories on Facebook. So check that out. Yeah. Um, you can also find us on that'snotcanon.com. With our, with our other great podcasts on the network. we I think we're up to something crazy, like 30 plus podcasts. Something yeah, big. definitely. So um, once you've listened to our entire catalog, go check out some other shows. There's some great stuff there. So check it out. Thanks to That's Not Canon for hosting us once thank again. You, thank you. That's it. That's it. Thanks for tuning in, you guys. We hope you are still enjoying our content. <laughs> They are. We got some amazing Spotify stats at the end of the year. So um, thanks. I think we had a lot of growth in the UK somewhere. Hi, everyone. So shouts out if you're in the UK. Well, shouts out everyone, but shouts out UK. Really appreciate you guys listening in. Um, We're definitely 2,000 plus subs now. So yeah, it's such a joy to have all of you here. And it doesn't sound like much when some podcasts have like millions of downloads, but. I'm pretty happy with oh, 2,000 yeah. plus subs, you know. Heck yeah. Okay, that's it. Thank that's you. That's it. <laughs> Have a good day. Love a dog because we love dogs. We love and the dogs. That's it. Okay, I really got to wrap fuck, this fuck, up. goodbye. Fuck, fuck. Good. Bye. Turn up the slider. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, you get a wait, double wait. goodbye. Double goodbye. Fuck, fuck, good. Bye. The Disney vs. Disney Debates podcast is all about finding the answer to one simple question. What is the best Disney movie of all time? Maybe the question isn't that simple. So join us every Saturday as hosts from all across That's Not Canon fight for their movies in one-on-one debates moderated by me, Zane C. Weber. In order to decide once and for all which of Disney's beloved classics or recent hits will take the crown. Save it for the show. Available now on Spotify, iTunes and wherever you find podcasts. That's Not Canon Productions podcast. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. 